May I have the password, please? Fidelio. That's right, sir. That is the password for admittance. But may I ask what is the password for the house? The password for the house. Yes. I'm sorry, I... I... I seem to have... forgotten it. That's unfortunate. Because here, it doesn't matter whether you have forgotten it or if you never knew it. You will kindly remove your mask. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. This is episode number 99, Eyes Wide Shut. That's right. Uh, Kind of a surprise that we're even here today. Maybe you might be hearing something different than what you're (laughs) used to. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, obviously things happen and here we are. We were almost on another indefinite hiatus, but... Nothing could stop us. It's funny. I think when we were originally going to set out to record this episode, I was going to make kind of the general summer announcement of the episodes might be a little bit more sporadic. I think we did a pretty good job over the last six months or so, or even almost a year of getting them out pretty regularly. And now, you know, people get, we're a little bit busier, things that are happening. Yeah, things are going on. So having said all that, Get and you know, planning on giving the warning that hey, things are maybe going to be a little bit more sporadic over the course of the summer. Then <laughs> our computer that we've been using the entire time, one that has our library saved on it, everything saved on it, toast is now goodbye, dead, rest yeah. in peace. Well, I think speaking of the time off, we're we're eventually heading towards like a Kornheiser type situation where we just take the summers off. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. No, I mean, I think so we don't get it out every week. I mean, whatever. Well, yeah. not, you know, we're still working on it. Right. At it. We have There's stuff coming out. specific titles in mind that we want to conquer over the we next spend, couple like, of months. a lot of time uh, resting up to get ready for our big month, October. So, <laughs> come on. That's true. So, we had to change over computers. We're using a completely different 
software program to record now. So you're hearing one of us in one ear and the Possibly, other in the other unless ear. We fix it. Something's <laughs> going on. I mean, who knows? I mean, just be happy you're getting the show. Please, at all. yeah, come on. <laughs> We've really. Uh, We've really put much more into this than you would expect from either of us. As as I mean, as we're saying these words right now, this second, we don't even know if you'll ever even be hearing this. Oh, so that's true. Yeah. If it actually gets to your ears, then that's a huge undertaking on our part. You know, we've almost we we're on the doorstep of a hundred episodes, which is something we never thought we would get to. It was a good run. Yeah, on the, the old, old computer, stuff, yeah. and so here we are. And you know, I guess it's long overdue that we were going to have to upgrade a little bit. And I would say that right now, this moment is more of like the transitional period. And hopefully, if there is any kind of issue with us coming in stereo or something, <laughs> you know, it'll be rectified in the future or not. Who See, knows? I was almost thinking we should just post this episode, like no edits, no intro. No closing song, no comedy clip at the end, just us in like one ear each. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that won't happen. Yeah, but maybe that's kind of like a <laughs> <laughs> that. Would, that would be it's like the, the last resort, maybe. Right. I don't know. Here it is. Deal with it. So this turn of events has kind of changed, I guess, the tone, or I don't know the the game plan for this episode oh yeah i don't even remember like how it i wanted to jump into this gonna be dark now it's certainly darker <laughs> now it's sad in a completely different yeah. way but can, thanks for your continued support i don't know when episode 100 will get posted hopefully it'll be soon hopefully we'll get this we'll get the new system up and running and we'll be maybe even you know faster and better kind of a weird movie for me in my life i feel like I saw this movie like at a pretty young age f- for me. I mean, this came out in 99, right? Yeah. Uh I probably saw it in the next year on like HBO or something. Wow. Yeah. Um You may I mean, you probably you probably saw the original theatrical cut though. Well, yeah. I'm guessing not the not with the uh un- uncut scenes. Yeah, what But well, still, you watched, I mean, it was like a lot of You watched this on Netflix, what was the version that they run on there now? I, I don't know because I don't even know what the stuff that's cut it's out not is. That, I mean, right, yeah. By today's standards, it doesn't seem that crazy. But I mean, even for a, I mean, a 13-year-old me, <laughs> how much is going on with Nicole Kidman just in that first like 20 minutes of the movie? You're like, good lord. Yeah. Okay, so Eyes Wide Shut for me, um, it's it's kind of a crazy movie. It's it's Stanley Kubrick's last film, came out in 1999. Um, he screened the film for Tom, Nicole, and Warner Brothers, and then died six days later. So there's always been these questions lingering yeah, as to like how... Yeah, there's a lot of controversy around like the cut. Yeah, how complete was the movie? How finished was it? Some people say it was just a matter of musical choices and things like that, and, and finishing, finalizing the score and stuff. You know, other people have kind of argued that there's more that he would have done because he cut his movies all the way up until the last minute, usually. Yeah. So who knows? Um, he had to screen the film for Tom and Nicole, though, because they had to sign nudity waivers and whatever. 
Although it's like, why did Tom? What did, I mean, he's just showing up off a little upper body there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, well, they were married at the time, okay. so I mean, it was probably going to be together. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some people have said that he, and including like his daughter and stuff, that he kind of considered this like his greatest contribution to film and that kind of stuff. So I mean, I don't know. I guess it's been argued back and forth. I think. I don't know. Some people have like nitpicked different things and said he definitely would have fixed this or that or whatever. But every time I read those things, I'm like, those, some of those things are usually what I find to be great about it, which is right. like the weird sense of place. And we'll get to that more as we get into the film. But just like different things like that. I've heard you refer to this movie a couple times as underrated. And it is like one of those things that for his like classic masterpieces, it's not like this one's ever really thrown around but it is like a really cool like well done weird movie and like it's weird kind of watching it now especially having some years apart from watching it because it feels like older than it is even mm-hmm. it almost feels like there's some like kind of old film styles at play in it that you don't really see with other movies even around that time yeah i mean for me i, I consider it one of my favorite kubrick films it's definitely one of the most rewatchable right up there with like the shining obviously people are gonna cite dr strange love full metal jacket full metal jacket clockwork orange those movies are not as rewatchable as right <laughs> the shining and eyes wide shut which are maybe like his maybe you could argue his like two most pop movies although clockwork orange yeah flirts with that but you know he cast like movie stars and those were like because i think whenever warner brothers was like pushing him to cast movie stars for eyes wide shut they were referencing you know the Sh- jack, jack nicholson and the shining is that why the film is so accessible i don't know I, I do think that some people kind of maybe viewed the film back when it was released kind of gave their opinion their impression of it their feeling and then have moved on i think it's a film that you need to revisit a couple of times to like fully grasp what the story is trying to say. I don't think it's something like I would have understood the oh, first yeah. time I saw no, it. No, I definitely did not. I was like this sex movie, basically. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely marketed as an erotic thriller, and it's like not <laughs> really like that at all. Well, I mean, it's I, you know, it's much deeper. We'll certainly get into the story and and where it goes and you know what's this all about and kind of the deeper themes that plays at play there but i I was thinking as i was watching this and did maybe i thought we you might have referenced this in the blue velvet episode that it's kind of like a similar thing there the whole idea of like once the toy is out of the box you can't put it back in there and just spiraling down this kind of search can like this obsession like wanting to know more yeah the important thing in this movie is why <laughs> why is there right this obsession like what is the deal what is what is like driving this and it's it's so crazy when you think about it and yet here we are 19 years later and i still think that it's kind of this important feminist sexuality piece that like is applicable 50 years before it came out, 100 years before well, yeah. it came out, and still 20 years later. I just read this when I was doing, you know, what little prep that I do for the show. That It's, like, loosely based on this novel from or, like, novella from, like, the 20s or something. Yeah, Dream it, Story. I guess Kubrick, like, acquired the rights to, like, the film rights to, like, years before this. Yeah, in the 60s. This. Yeah. Yeah. So he had this, like, obsession with the story for a while. 
certainly, you know, not to tie everything back to this, but <laughs> with our recent obsession with Twin Peaks, there's kind of some stuff there. Also, uh, what's the other David Lynch movie that we watched with uh, Bill Pullman? Lost Highway. Lost Highway, yeah. I felt like there was a little bit of stuff similar yeah, with that. It's it's interesting that Kubrick made this film the way that he did because uh, a lot of people's interpretations of it is like very based in dream logic and dreams and the idea that the lead character bill dr bill is sometimes dreaming and sometimes awake and we don't know which is which and you know sometimes it's not as obvious as it would seem or whatever but there's never any indication in the film itself except for the title eyes wide shut which is you can kind of interpret that in any number of different ways one being that your eyes are wide when they're shut meaning like you see the most when you're when they're shut when you're sleeping and you're right. dreaming and in other words but like the way i would interpret that and the way i was getting to which is like female sexuality which is this question that kind of is the center of the film and the center of what drives tom cruise's character throughout it which is is something that you dream about or think about equivalent to something that you actually do meaning <laughs> When his wife, Alice, fantasizes about fucking the sailor, is that yes. as bad as if she had actually done it Sometimes because it feels she admitted like it. to wanting to do right. it? <laughs> and his inability... See, I had a professor in college that was obsessed with this movie, and he was teaching like a American literature class or something that was like <laughs> so from like... Let's talk about Eyes Wide Shut like 18th, again. It was like 18th century like uh, American literature, like... Just always bringing it back to Eyes Wide Shut in you know, every like lecture. That, uh, what, what the fuck? The Headless Horseman. Like, what oh, the fuck Sleepy is Hollow. Yeah, like very like Sleepy Hollow time period, like Scarlet Letter and shit like that. But like th we did like this uh, short story and and uh, I can't even remember who wrote it. It might have been like Nathaniel Hawthorne or somebody like that, but whoever it was. And he was comparing the ideas in that story to Eyes Wide Shut. It was just all about how a man, even back then – whether it was like 1795 versus 2003 or whenever I was in that class, it was like a man is unable to deal with a woman wanting to have sex. <laughs> that was like basically the whole idea. And this that's the idea at the center of Eyes Wide Shut is this husband who is kind of an idiot and is kind of like walking around in a daze, right. basically. He's, like, shaken to his core when his wife admits to having, like, a sexual fantasy. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I feel like Dr. Bill's a little bit like me, <laughs> where it's like, uh, he just, like, is so oblivious to this. And, you know, the whole thing starts with his wife and, and unravels and goes. But it's like, he's just so oblivious to, like, the world around him, it seems like. Right, yeah, and I mean, I think we, I think we're gonna, we'll get more beat by beat in a minute. But just to jump ahead, right. it's like there's that montage where that very attractive woman is in his office, and yes, there is a nurse present, but she's topless, and he's like putting the stethoscope on her chest or whatever, and so she's got like big breasts and she's really hot, right? And then he kind of is in this daze, and I mean, he's professional. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. But then his wife later, when they finally have out. this discussion, yeah. she's like, her little titty. <laughs> and, you know, she's like getting all like fired up because she's thought about this more than he has. Oh, yeah. I do feel like Nicole Kidman is a handful at times. 
I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really. I mean, you know, I've kind I mean, of. She's really pushing it at I've, certain, <laughs> certain points. Maybe, but like only in this one conversation. Well, and yeah. Then he, we have to kind of take everything out of that, and it's like, how much is she just like pushing his buttons because she saw him with the two models at the party, right, yeah. and then. She has this guy hitting on her, and he... This it's very weird. charming man, I would say. <laughs> He's kind of a creep. Yeah. It's weird how that conversation... Let's go upstairs. Like, I mean, he is right to the point, though. The twists and turns of that conversation between Bill and Alice, though, is it's it, it's very hard to that's, even for navigate me, what's that, going on there. I, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> it goes, like, so long, and then is, like, broken, like, that... It's almost like he's in, like, a trance... At some point, that's kind of that he's like woken out of by the phone ringing, but the like the way like the pacing of that scene is like so great for me. Okay, so let's let's get into it. We've already kind of talked a lot. This is probably going to be a long episode. Oh boy! So who cares? Buckle up. <laughs> we, it's it's been a long time coming just to get to this. Financially, this is Kubrick's most successful. Everyone's picture. favorite topic. It received like mixed to slightly positive reviews initially, but has kind of grown in stature since its initial release. And I kind of feel like that's people who have revisited it multiple times. I do think that, like, in a <laughs> not to compare this movie in any way, shape, or form to Gili, but <laughs> I do think that the weight of having a celebrity couple in it is never like a positive I thing. I agree. I and I remember even at the time when this came out, like stuff like that wouldn't even resonate with me at 12 years old. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do remember it being kind of out there and the zeitgeist is not really a positive thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's when people like the late nineties was probably like the first time that people were like, you know what? Fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's always it comes it's very cyclical with Tom Cruise and somehow he always kind of survives and keeps making Mission Impossibles and whatnot. But yeah, right. I do want to see the new one, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it'll be cool. But right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he always like kind of comes and goes. Even though everybody knows that he's a Scientologist and like people are really down on that, people kind of forget about it though because it's for a celebrity. He doesn't tweet. Well, I think he has a Twitter. We aren't but down it's not on it him. on this show though. What's that? I'm afraid of those people. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. the general perception. I don't think they're listening to this. Right. Because <laughs> we're not going to post it. We're, we're not <laughs> getting to that uh, level. But whatever. I mean, obviously, I th I think the film now is, like, a classic. If I had to, like, make a list of my, like, 100 or 50 favorite movies, I'm sure this would be on it. And I'm not, sh I'm not sure other than maybe, like, Clockwork Orange and The Shining, like, what other Kubricks would make a list of that kind of restriction like i like pretty much all of his movies that i've seen but i agree it's weird because full metal jacket and a clockwork orange i like both those movies never really feel like watching them clockwork orange is like a movie that feels really fucking cool to watch when you're like 17 i agree and now when you watch it you're like holy shit this is, is this rough. fucked up yeah i mean that was rated x when it first came out which is why some people thought that warner brothers digitally covering up some of the sex in this right. was bad really because just that Kubrick whole wouldn't have been afraid of an NC-17, but they were like, well, this movie probably cost us a lot of money, so... that uh, The whole like home invasion sequence in A Clockwork Orange really kind of... Well, there's like two rapes. Right, y yeah. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much kick it off. It's just not <laughs> great. And uh, But yeah, The Shining and this movie, for me, yeah, super rewatchable. 
So although immediate this is this one is shockingly long. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The length of this movie is kind of unbelievable uh, in retrospect. I I wouldn't have been surprised like without thinking about it and just like approaching this movie to do for the show, I would have thought I would not have been surprised if it was like an hour and 48 minutes rather oh, right, than yeah. 2 hours and 48. Well, minutes. that's the thing. It's like it almost feels like you can s- sum up the plot in like five sentences. Yeah. I mean, there's really not that many parts to it, but right. some of the parts just are really long. Okay, so immediate rear nudity from Nicole Kidman <laughs> during yeah. the opening credits, right. which is o- always great. Yes. So it's like, you know what you're in for. I'm not pulling any punches. Yeah, I mean, obviously this had a big fucking reputation before anyone had even seen it, so people were like, holy shit, here we go. Right. This is exactly what well, we Well, yeah, I can for. remember them running like the TV spots for this, and it was fucking ZZ Top and just playing and like Tom and Nicole Kidman basically nude, but obviously you weren't seeing anything, but <laughs> you could tell where it was headed. I mean, her ass is on point and on display throughout this one. Right. Obviously. And I will say, I mean, who would have, uh, when I saw this, I, w- I certainly wouldn't have thought like how many years removed are we now? You know, 18 years later, it's like Nicole Kidman's still looking unbelievable. Really? Yeah. I mean, always was, always will be a queen, but yeah, I mean, this, this, might, this might be like peak the peak. Yeah. Kidman, yeah. She's probably like early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> we could go down a whole rabbit hole right. there. I guess we won't. Um, so we have Dr. William uh, Harford and uh, his wife, Alice. They're going to go to a uh, party at a wealthy patient of Dr. Bill's. I, I, I can't remember. What, what is his first name? I just have Ziegler. Ziegler. I don't know. We're going to the Zieglers. Yeah, played by director Sidney Pollack, who has since passed. Originally, it was going to be Harvey Keitel. I think like uh, Harvey Keitel was supposed to be Ziegler, and I think Jennifer Jason Lee was supposed to be somebody. But okay. I, don't, I don't know if it was Maybe like... Maybe she was supposed to be that daughter of the guy that dies. Maybe, or Mandy. Okay, yeah. Or somebody else. But True. She both of them had to just leave because this movie was taking forever. Oh, to that's make. right. That's the other thing. It took it. They were filming like six months or something. No, it actually was over a year. Holy like shit! Like nonstop. It actually has, even though it didn't take as long to make as like Heaven's Gate or some of these other things. It was like the longest continuous shoot. Wow. So they basically worked nonstop for like I don't know four hundred and something days or something like that. I mean, it was crazy. But I mean, yeah, Kubrick was one of those guys that had to, you know, had to do like seventy-five takes of what. I think they said there was like an entire day that was just like a six-second take of Tom Cruise coming through a door, and they oh, just kept doing it over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, that's and over. nuts. <laughs> I don't know. There is a lot of weird stories about it. Like I, I saw Tom Cruise said he had like ulcers or like stomach ulcers yeah. or something during filming and didn't want like Kubrick to know. I don't know. It is just, no, but he like, like Tom Cruise mentions in like multiple quotes that he's like, well, I would have kicked myself if I didn't do this movie, but it's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I guess he just really wanted to work with Kubrick, but yeah. And I mean, it was his, Kubrick's last movie, obviously. Right. And, and I guess if he had that chance and then didn't do it. Right. It is weird though. I think, you know, Kubrick, I think he wanted a married couple. He was considering like Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Yeah, that's weird. Which would have been like a really odd movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Him just yelling at her, calling her a pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about this, and I, I don't know how I just remember this, because, I mean, I was, like, pretty young. But I, I remember Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman being married, and I think, like, and I don't even I don't even know if this is true, but, like, 
that they ha- they had like adopted kids together or something. And maybe that's not true. I don't know. But I don't know. If I, number one, I don't know, and I don't even know if this is a good road to start going down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, whenever I, f- I found out that they were like getting divorced or whatever, I asked my dad, well, what happens to their kids? And he goes, I guess they go back to the orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Well, if it's anything like with Katie Holmes and Surrey, it's right. just that Tom Cruise never sees the yeah. kid again. <laughs> well, that was a rescue situation. Okay, so it's you know it's a Christmas party at Ziegler's, who's like a rich patient of Doctor Bill's. You know, tuxedos, everything like that. It's very like it, it's clear that the Harfords are like very bougie. Oh yeah, like they're listening to classical music later on when they're wrapping up. When uh, Alice and the daughter are wrapping a gift for Bill, it's like a Van Gogh book. You know, they have like John Updike novels on like the tape. You know what I mean? It's like all very like up upper, oh, yeah, like well educated rich people shit. <laughs> and I kind of see Ziegler as like a an embodiment of like what Doctor Bill like wants to be and what he thinks he can achieve because he's kind of like. Even just richer like a than a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Just a creep. Yeah. Ziegler's got like quite an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a it's kind of a nuts party because like right off the bat they meet, you know, you know, there's like, oh, here's Ziegler and his wife and, you know, they're embracing Bill and Alice and welcoming them to the party and everything. And then several times throughout the rest of the movie where you're like, wait, Ziegler's married? <laughs> I guess, but yeah. it's like, who is this woman? Right. For me, there was like some confusion though, because Bill says something like, "This is what you get for making house calls," when they kind of like gesturing around at the party, and I kind of thought he meant that Ziegler was also a doctor, and that Ziegler did house calls, and right. he was like richer because of that. But yeah, it's hard to say. But I, th- that I don't think that's really the case. Right. It's like he's uh, friends with Ziegler because he does house calls for him. Yeah. I think that Z- Ziegler is a rich patient who would have Dr. Bill come out to the house. Right. So he's so like later we see that Bill has like an office and stuff, but like he also I guess does house calls for like richer patients and that's like very upscale thing that like in modern society you don't even really hear that much about unless you're like pretty rich like a ha- a doctor making a house call. I mean yeah, I can't even imagine what that would cost, like right. for somebody like us. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like if you're just sort of like, yeah, I'll pay, you know, five thousand dollars cash to have this person come to my house yeah. right now, Be- you know, because you d- you're too rich to have to go to like a doctor. Because then he makes when he goes and visits that person later, I'm I'm s- assuming that's someone else that he had done house. That calls is a for. weird thing, yeah, because it does happen in like movies a lot, but it's like the idea of like a doctor coming to your house. Seems insane. Well, I think it's like that is something that that might be more. It's something that definitely still exists now, but yeah. I think it was more common like older times, before like there were places like um, outside of hospitals that like doctors would have offices and stuff. The I, other I thing think it was less. I was uh, reading about this movie, which did. I, I was like, okay, that makes sense because this was the first time that I watched it that I was like. Something is odd about the location. Like at times, you can tell like the backdrop isn't real. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, they didn't film it in New York, right? Yeah, and I, I think we can get to that later okay, once yeah. it's like on the Odyssey. But yeah, right. that that to me is something that stands out as like something cool about the movie. But people were saying that 
uh, if Kubrick would have been get you know alive and had more time with it that he would have fixed that you wouldn't have been able to notice as much. Oh right. But for me, I was like that kind of adds I don't something think it, to the movie. Yeah. Again, I say I think it kind of makes it feel like that older filmmaking style too. Yeah. So they uh, Bill recognizes the piano player at the party as his uh, old buddy from medical school, Nick Nightingale. Also uh, a former writer for Killer Cinema. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> We find out, like, I don't know, they don't really have a lot of time together, but we find out basically that Nick's going to be playing at a place called the Sonata Cafe in, like, Greenwich Village or somebody, someplace for, like, the next two weeks. Oh, right. That's basically where we get that information because that'll come into play later. Oh, this is kind of where it all starts. Right. Well, the connections are all Ziegler recommended Nick, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all connected right. to... That's when um, Alice and Bill kind of separate for a little bit, and she kind of— I will say, I mean, these fucking models are putting the full-court press on Dr. Bill. I mean, it's hard for him to even—how would he even say no? Yeah, I think it's interesting— Other than the circumstances are completely bizarre because he's at a party with his wife. (laughs) I mean, these models are thirsty. Sander— Savas, or I don't even know how to say his name. It's like Sander or something, who's like a super creep. He's like totally into Alice. He's dancing around with her. He's kind of like a debonair older guy. And he says one of the charms of marriage is that it makes deception a necessity for both parties. Oh, right. Um, while Alice is busy with Sander, uh, Dr. Bill is with the two young lovelies who turn out to be models. And I think it's kind of interesting that they say they want to take him to where the rainbow ends. Yeah. And I always thought that was weird, especially when you f- the place where he rents his costume later is called Rainbow Fashions. I don't know if there's some sort of Wizard of Oz analogy th- at work yeah. here or if it's something else. But it's very, like, dreamy because, you know, True, you associate yeah. Wizard of Oz with dreams right. and the rainbow. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure th- this is like one of those movies that, like. There are an infinite amount of YouTube videos breaking down every. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's. Of I feel like most of them are like, "This is about the Illuminati." Right. Yeah. Well, that's the like the Kubrick thing that inspires people. I guess <laughs> inspires people to be annoying, to be dumbasses. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where it's like I, I can't even like certain things strike you about like the staging of the shot, like li- little props throughout it, stuff like that. I mean, there's definitely like. There's a part where, like, the New York Post has, like, a certain headline that was, like, jumping out to me whenever I was rewatching it. Yeah, I kind of... I can't remember what it was, it was the first time that it, like, struck me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird that this (laughs) giant headline is on the New York Post. It seems like there's a weird game going on between Bill and Alice, you know, clearly kind of showing the complications of their marriage and, like... You kind of get the feeling that it's mostly unspoken, whatever these things are between them, but, like... Obviously, that conversation that we were talking about and referencing a lot earlier kind of, you know, is the manifestation of these things. But it's definitely like she's doing this dance with Sander. He's with the two women. They're both in sight of each other. They both see each other doing these things. But yet you don't you get the impression that they've never confronted like things like jealousy and you know resentment you know like deeper right issues within a marriage they haven't sort of acts like he has like a vulcan type presence like no emotion like i'm not jealous like i just view things like as they are well yeah and we kind of find out why it's like he doesn't think that women (laughs) that they're capable (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then 
Bill is summoned upstairs, Ziegler, <laughs> I, I love this part because he, he's summoned upstairs. He doesn't know why. They take him to like a bathroom, which is like a, a fucking crazy bathroom with like an right. armchair in it. It's like a huge room. Has like a toilet and a bidet, and it's like it's just in a massive room. It's like bigger than most people's, you know. Ziegler's like, you gotta come over and use my bidet. So he, he like they they bring him into the room, and uh, Ziegler like greets him at the bathroom door and shakes his hand, <laughs> which I love. I love that. Well, I love the move where it, I mean he's like nude and he like puts on his fucking suit pants or whatever with like his uh, suspenders, no shirt, <laughs> just a fucking baller look. So he brings him over to this uh, woman who's like in a chair. She's completely nude, unconscious. Uh, She overdosed on heroin and coke like a speedball. Her name's Mandy. This whole scenario just creates a whole lot of questions as to what the fuck is going on at this party. Bill, not really moved by any of this, though. I mean, he's kind of like, yeah, this is... It kind of plays into that idea that this is something that men do. Right. But women would, would not do. Like a married woman. Like yeah. Mandy's oh, a absolutely. prostitute. Yeah. It's weird because, you know, obviously this this movie kind of deals with like the differences between men and women and like their a- ideas and attitudes towards sex and what, what have you. But, but he's not I d I don't think Bill strikes me strikes me as like a misogynist. No, I and he doesn't look down on Mandy at all. Right. It's more of just like a this it, is just he has is like what it is. A societal expectation or something <laughs> that is like ingrained in him. But I will say, I mean, it's not like he, yeah, because that's the thing. He's not, he doesn't like disrespect prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, he has quite a few run-ins with them throughout the movie. Well, yeah, it's just kind of a crazy, because it's like, where is Ziegler's wife? It's like, what is going on? Like, why would he be doing this Ziegler, in the like, middle of his right, party? He had to get away with this prostitute doing heroin and coke in a bathroom right. that's the size of in the middle of the party, Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what is happening? At a Christmas party. I mean, it doesn't seem like you don't. We know based on the conversation with the babysitter that Bill and Alice were planning on getting back by like 1 a.m. It doesn't seem like they've been at the party that long. So you ha- you have to imagine this is only like 10 or 11 at night. And this is what's fucking happening in the bathroom upstairs. It's like, what is going on right. at this party? I mean, Ziegler looks like he's easily in like his mid to late 60s. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, Ziegler's a party. Mandy is like built like a brick house, though. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, unconscious, but <laughs> I mean, well, well, come on, we can't she comes too. Yeah, <laughs> we can't admire it. Right. Yeah, and, uh, Ziegler's like, we need to keep this just between us. They have like one of those, you know, gentlemen's agreements or whatever. You know, it's like. Uh, I don't think I need to say this, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> which is one of my favorite things well, yeah, ever. I mean, even to his wife, his trusted confidant, he's just like, yeah, Ziegler felt sick. Yes, I. D- that's actually like a big thing, and I'm glad you uh, picked up Thank on you. it. Yes, uh, I think like this, I that f- definitely furthers this like idea the of boys like, club. Yeah, men's code. It's like his bro said not to say anything, so he won't even tell his wife about it. And you have to wonder why. And it's like, does he care that much about Zieg- Ziegler's secrets? Does he think that Alice would tell anybody? I don't know. But I, I, I more think it's because he just doesn't think that Alice could deal with that kind of thought right. because she's a proper lady. And it's almost like he's protecting her from this world of right. men. Right. Yeah. It kind of 
reminds me like I knew this dude who like worked at like this uh like sports cards store. Okay. It like sounds like a pretty cool dude already. <laughs> yeah. He he was a cool dude. He's kind of a legend. <laughs> and uh me and a friend like sometimes would go like over there and like once we found out this dude was working there, we would sometimes like go over and like talk to him and hang out and he would just like give us like shit for free. All right. Well, he that's did, a like, good friendship. Yeah. He would just like oh, like this is probably like early 2000s. So like I I was probably still in high school and like he would just like open up like packs of cards that were like $25 packs cuz they would have like a jersey card in every pack or something. He would just open them and if it would be like a good player or something the jersey card, you know, like with the game wow. used jersey. How much of a loser was this dude that he was needing to impress you and whoever you were with by giving you the jersey cards? <laughs> he just would give us, like, he just gave us tons of shit. Yeah, that is a good friend to have. We were just like, oh, this is cool. And I remember one time, and I'm going to use a word that's kind of fallen out of fashion a little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not that offensive, right. but it's a little offensive. But this was, I said it was the early 2000s. It was a different time. And that's he goes, true. He says to us one time when we were, like, going to leave, because, like, we would, sometimes what we would do is, like, we would... <laughs> This is so lame. <laughs> we would like take those cards and then we would like come back when the owner of the store was there and like sell them back to the guy. <laughs> if they oh, were man. ones that he might want right. or whatever. And and so this dude goes, he knew that like we would go in when like the owner was there or whatever. He he says to us like, "Guys, I don't think that I need to say this, but just in case you're like mildly retarded, uh please don't say anything to the owner." <laughs> he used his name. I'm not going to say his name. Please don't say anything <laughs> about this. But he said it like in a way that was like deadly serious, but it was like <laughs> so funny because he's like, in case you're mildly retarded. <laughs> and yeah. it just reminded me of that like these stupid agreements. It's like, uh, Bill, I, I don't think I need to say anything, but, you know, this is just between us. That right. I had a prostitute in this bathroom. <laughs> that Overdose. Yeah. And she's completely nude. But, like, the weird part is, like, after this, like, bathroom God, we are, scene. we like, never going to finish this episode. <laughs> We're all right. All right. So, like, after the bathroom scene, like, Alice is still dancing with Sander. And it's just like, how long was that going on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. He was really going for it, though. Well, why wouldn't you? I well, mean, yeah. she's given him enough to keep going, I guess. I will say, I mean, that is the thing. I, and that's the weird dynamic uh, of this whole relationship. But I do feel like, and maybe that's like the whole idea of having like a real celebrity married couple. But it, yeah, I mean, it's like, if you're like a super stud, good looking dude married to like this super hot chick, it's like, I mean, it's got to be like nonstop. Like you're just always looking over your fucking shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I think the dynamics of marriage and trust are definitely something that that Kubrick was interested in getting into. And the fact that like Bill is like a young, rich doctor who's also attractive. Yeah, is, it is a is good a combo. Thing. And then his wife is like an insane beauty. Yeah, there's no other way <laughs> so to put it's it. So it's like two beautiful people. Like, how do they deal with this shit of like? It coming from all directions right at all times. and then they got to like compete with each other a little bit you know <laughs> get that going so then we get like a window into their lives kind of a montage of different things like we see some patients uh including the aforementioned hot topless lady um alice is kind of like at home with their daughter 
all we really know about Alice is that she used to be like the manager of like a art gallery, gallery in Soho. But she's currently not working, so that kind of plays into it too, where she's kind of feeling bored, right, and useless in yeah. a way. And the house he's out there routine. with the hot women in his doctor's office. Although it's funny, the hot women. In his yeah, it's like usually yeah. the patients are not going to look like that right. one lady. The movie takes place at Christmas time. Uh, as I said, at the Ziegler's party was a Christmas party, so most of the locations have Christmas trees and Christmas lights which they kind of use for, like, natural lighting in a lot of the scenes. Right. Uh, it which kind of give cool, it, like, yeah. this interesting glow. I mean, there's one place in particular that doesn't have a Christmas tree, but almost everywhere right. else does. Even yeah. the prostitute's apartment <laughs> that they go <laughs> well, in, like, everywhere. they're a festive bunch, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a dream-like glow to much of the scenes. And as we talked about, like, once Bill goes out on his, like, big odyssey, it's like the streets are... They kind of look like New York City. Yeah. But it's not. Right. Because they filmed the entire movie in London, and so they made these sets. And you can, yeah, I mean, there are clearly times where you can tell. The background's like digital or whatever. Yeah, or or just it doesn't look like a, it looks like a set. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't look like a real street, really. It doesn't really look quite like New York, which I think adds to, like, the weird feeling of the movie. Yeah, I agree. Like I get that maybe Kubrick was like a professional, like a perfectionist, and maybe he didn't quite see it that way. But like, um, even if it's kind of an unintentional byproduct of what ended up happening, it's kind of like this cool thing. Like we don't know what exactly is happening in this universe with these characters, and so here we are in a place that resembles New York but isn't quite. Yeah, with this weird shit happening. So Bill and Alice are smoking weed. And Alice asks Bill if he fucked those two girls from the party. Yeah, I mean, this seems like potent weed. This really kind of gets a lot going between them. <laughs> I will say that Tom Cruise pretending to smoke weed is, it's clearly like someone who doesn't understand what weed is. Right. <laughs> it's very bizarre. But this morphs into an argument which essentially like cracks the whole movie open. It kind of feels like she's trying to pick a fight here. Well, it starts with like, what did Sander want? And she says sex, and he says it's understandable. And then she oh, says, right. is that the only reason a man would want to talk to me? And Which, I mean, no, come on. And he says essentially <laughs> yes. And then she says, well, then what about you and the two models? Which, so he, it's almost like she, she set this kind of like of a trap. Yeah. And Although then Bill I mean, says here, I would never lie to you or hurt you, which I think is interesting, kind of hanging over like the actions of. But Bill has like, I mean, look, whatever he was doing with those models. I don't know, but (laughs) I will say he has the excuse of, like, he didn't really approach them. They were the ones that were, like, talking to him, if I remember correctly. Well, Sander approached Alice, so, I mean, they're kind of Right, but in in the argument, Sander was approaching her for sex. That's true. So, I mean, if I was Bill, I'd be like, look, I was just being nice and talking back to him. I mean, you can say you were doing that to him, too, but I'm saying the reason that he came up to you well, it's almost Which she like, agrees with. So. Yeah, but like it, it kind of twists around because it's like, you know, it it starts as if like, why else would this man want to talk to me, other than sex? Like she's pissed about that. Well, he's certainly not going to talk to you about your job. But then it turns into this <laughs> whole other thing, and it's like, I don't know. The conversation is kind of like crazy, and Alice kind of is clearly trying to like steer it in a specific direction. Yeah, there's some pent up. Yeah, here. you have to wonder, like, what is her goal here and what is she trying to prove? Because it's like 
was she going into this conversation all along trying to get to this story about what it happened on their vacation? feels that way, but... <laughs> Or, or like she's been tr- wanting to get it this way for a while, and this moment it, finally. Is it possible that she is jealous of things that have been going on with her husband? And you know, maybe we don't. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I would say. <laughs> so she's like, "Well, f- fuck you." I, I mean, I think about fucking other people, even though it's kind of unfair that she's saying this because it's not like he's saying that he. True. He's I denying. will say he's saying I'm a professional. I don't think about the women's titties and their nipples. I will say he's handling it. <laughs> he's handling this assault like pretty well. Assault. <laughs> Interrogation. This long-legged Australian <laughs> walking into the room, assaulting him. <laughs> but okay, so basically, it gets to her story, which is something that happened on a Cape Cod vacation. I love this story. <laughs> They were staying at a place, the same hotel or something, as a naval officer. Basically, she has like a uh, a sexual fantasy. Nothing happens, but she keeps thinking about it. She's well, it's like he she mentions how like he kind of like caught her eye for a second, and there was like a glance shared between the two, and that was enough to just right. I mean, make her yeah. Just and there's crumble. like a whole part about like her waking up the next morning like terrified and she wasn't sure if she was terrified that whether he left terrified that he left or terrified that he'd still be well, there or something like that it, it kind of reminds me of uh the way she describes that as picnic at hanging rock when that dude just sees her jump across like the puddle <laughs> and he just sees like her legs in stockings like fully covered and it's just like time stands still for him he's just like blown away it's it's and you were just like Sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, that's what that glance is like. Yeah, well, yeah, and that for her, that's what it was. We don't know from the naval officer's perspective. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, wow, look at that hot mom. Yeah, what's up, MILF? <laughs> <laughs> or he could have been gay. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But from her perspective, like it's like things, this, though, you it, know. It gets you thinking about, like, your own life, and you're just like, man, what if I was ever, like, I mean, you know, obviously, like, that wouldn't happen for, like, you or me, but, like, there's got to be, like, guys out there that, like, some you know chick thought something like very positively about well her, do like, we need to mention that this happened to nicole kidman in real life right i know yeah <laughs> because we're i was gonna like, use that as the closing I clip about that yeah i don't know if we're gonna right. be doing it but or it's not. where you would just be but it's like if you just found out though that like the, uh, some smoking hot chick thought this about you in that moment you just like die basically <laughs> <laughs> i think it's important to note that Please. Alice separates emotion and love from this story. Um, you know, her desire was purely sexual. And this seems to bother Bill <laughs> on like a core level. I, yeah, I mean, it's pretty like tough. Which I she's mean, just, I like, would say beyond, but it's beyond just like run of the mill jealousy. It's oh, like it's shaking like his foundation right. of like what he thought like m- women were. The world is really. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing where she's just like, graphically describing like the amount of relief that i felt that he was gone just because i couldn't control my feelings (laughs) over this situation sometimes in my mind when i'm thinking about this scene and like the the kind of flashes that bill has to it and kind of the whole thing i I sometimes forget and think that it's like two sailors right She's like, in my head, I'm like, is is she talking about like getting like fucking pig roasted? Certainly. uh, Well, she's got an appetite, too. 
her story is punctuated by a phone call uh, alerting Bill that one of his patients, a guy named Lou Nathanson, has just died. This so is kind of, I mean, I know this is the thing that like sets him, sends him out into the night, but this is such a weird kind of side angle. Well, I think it's like the casual way that they're kind of just like in their underwear during this scene. Nicole Kidman rocking like a very like see-through, oh yeah, nighty type thing. I noticed that, yeah. And the f- they're casually just smoking weed in their underwear in their bedroom, so you kind of feel like it's already really late at night, right? Yeah, but it must not be like that late because a lot of shit happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he has, feels like he has to go make an appearance. So. Basically, this kind of launches into like the this main part like, of the movie, uh, which is Bill's Marian, big night. Really, one of my—I mean, something that I certainly forgot about, and it never really hit me much until like maybe even this most recent viewing. This whole sequence with this uh, Marion chick, the daughter. Well, I, d- I think like the different stops on the way to the big secret society orgy, which is obviously everybody who knows this movie knows is coming kind of represent like different things and so right. like this first stop you know on his way there bill is this is the first time bill is haunted by visions of alice with the naval officer it's kind of shot in that like bluish light <laughs> like night vision <laughs> at first it's kind of just like kissing and stuff but it gets like more and more sexual and then he's like right. taking her panties yeah. off at various points and she's like completely nude really oh yeah i mean more from the side but like it's pretty intense yeah certainly <laughs> And just it is like, weird because I think like when I was younger, just like masturbating in the back of the cab. When crying. I was younger and I saw this, I'm pretty sure I thought that this was real. That like, <laughs> not like that it was happening, but like when she told them the story. Oh, that right. Within right. that story, she revealed that they did hook up. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be like a um, like a very different, you know, right point. Obviously, certainly, something completely different would be happening. So. First, Bill goes to see Lou. Um, his body is just chilling there. I love how it's just like they're leaving the body in the bed. It's I like know. They didn't really seem to alert anyone to come take this body away. Yeah, it is strange. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, they're always, for me, I mean, there are always, every time I watch this movie, there are always parts of it that you forget. Oh, and yeah. this is definitely one for me. Because I think, like, <laughs> this family like, what doesn't. What is this part? This family doesn't really, like, factor into anything else. But, like, I'm always, like, brought back by that memory of, like, oh, yeah, Greg from Dharma and Greg right, is yes. in this movie, which is the most random thing ever. But, like, the whole thing, it's like, okay, so Lou's daughter, Marion, professes her love for Bill despite so her having a boyfriend. Right. And, and it's like, it almost makes you question if, like, something kind of went on between them. You know what I mean? Like, well, I kind of think he's very, like,. He's very much like, you don't know me. I don't think he's wrong. I think it's that it, it plays into the way he acted with the models, the way he acted with the topless woman, and his inability but it's to, like, like, his days that he walks around in. I just don't think he realized that she was seeing things in this completely different way during well, their previous interactions. It almost, it's weird because the scene is, like, right after the Nicole Kidman story, but it, it feels like now he's the soldier, and, like... Uh, Marion's boyfriend or whatever is him from this. It's like she has this whole, I whether it was a glance or whatever, right, but she, yeah. it, it, she has this like obsession that she can't get out of her head, and she starts kissing him. Is like I love you, and she's just like, 
I'm supposed to move to Michigan with my boyfriend, but I want to stay here just even if we're not together, just to be close to you. I <laughs> yeah, mean, it's which fucking is crazy. Fucking bleak right. for fucking Greg yeah. <laughs> from Dharma and Greg. Even though right. his name's like Carl, I'm just yeah. gonna call him Greg. Uh, <laughs> I mean, despite all of their interactions being about her dying father, she seems to think that they have this like connection. Um, yeah, certainly. Reminds me of some relationships <laughs> I've been in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say that even before like I fully remembered where this scene was going, I was like, their interactions are weird. Oh, so, yeah. And then sure. by the time I'm finished like writing that note weird, then she's like, I'm in love with you and, and kissing him. And I'm like, him, yeah. oh, okay. So after that, which wraps up relatively quickly, because once like fucking Greg from Dharma and Greg shows up, he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Right. And And the two of them are acting like, Really, I mean, Tom Cruise like is continuously like rubbing his lips and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's well, very yeah, suspect. He's, yeah. he's like, this is. I've I, walked into like a real right. fucking. We got a corpse laying yeah. over here. <laughs> this chick's throwing herself on right. me. Her fucking nerd boyfriend. Just Although showed it up. is like, and I mean, I don't know if you have notes on this, but it's like Tom Cruise tries to call there later, and it's like, what's the deal with that? Well, that was like that's whenever things have gone like really ar- awry, yeah. And he's just trying to like find like anywhere, right? Any port in the storm, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> Marion was all of a sudden gonna get her moment, but fucking. Well, because I think it's important. Greg to remember, answered the phone. It's important to remember that despite all of this shit that has, is yet to happen, like that is about to happen, he never fucks anybody else, even though that's oh, yeah. what he's desperately right. trying to yes. do. And I think that's like when he's panicking and he's just trying to get anything going. True. So, after he leaves there, I mean, there's, like, a weird interaction with, like, these kids that are, like, calling him a faggot. <laughs> I mean, that's... That is straight out of my life. Well, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's, like, the amount of fucking times that I'm just, like, walking down a street and, like, five dudes just want to fuck with me for no reason. Jesus. <laughs> well, I guess it's, like, straight out of the novel, except they... I think in the novel, they're, like, uh, fucking with the the guy because he's like a jew or something like that okay it's not because yeah. he's not they're not calling him a faggot but yeah it's like the, it is kind of humiliating because they're like clearly like these younger dudes i think they're probably supposed to be like college guys or something and he's like this like you know older doctor guy right and he's just like by himself and there's like five of them it's like what is he gonna do but he ends up getting picked up off of the street by a hooker named Domino, who I don't even think we find out her name is Domino until the second time right, around yeah. with her, but whatever. And she just, like, takes him, number one. No like, pimp, by like, the way. super <laughs> hot and for a streetwalker. And, right. like, just takes him right into her apartment, which is also odd. Yeah. Um, Seems like she cuts him a deal, too. I mean, it, well, before she anything, doesn't really seem that concerned with the money. It's weird, though, because before anything can really happen, Alice calls, and I guess, you know, that puts an end to it for Bill. And so, but he, like, is going to pay her anyway, but she's, like, one of the, uh, one of these things that only exists in movies, which is, like, the hooker with the heart of gold, where she's, like, oh, yeah. really trying to not take the money. Right. Even though he's, like, I think he eventually just insists that yeah, she yeah. takes it, but I love how she's, like, putting up a fight to not take the money. Oh, yeah. It's, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, and we all love Domino, but this is like her only actual appearance in the movie, and unfortunately, True. things uh, right, you know, aren't don't going. go that well for her. Yeah, so I guess just by co- I could never tell if this is by coincidence or if this is intentional. But next up, he stops at the Sonata Cafe. This is fucking cr- should we make this a two-parter? <laughs> How long have we been going? An hour? No, no, we'll, we'll, we got it. Okay. 
This is, uh, I mean, this is going to be a long episode. All right. This is the way it's going to be. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like intentional or not, but they end up, he ends up at the Sonata Cafe. I don't know. Did you have a thought on that, whether that was intentional or an, or just coincidence that that's where he ended up? That Bill goes to the Sonata Cafe? Yeah. I think it's coincidence because how would he even know exactly where it is? He, he just doesn't he, know that Nick is playing there? No, he knows he's playing there, but he just... He's just he leaves Domino's oh, apartment around, and then he's yeah. just there. It's like it seems accidental. I, I always felt like he went there on purpose, but okay, I, I wasn't sure. I don't know. I I thought maybe the reason he was in this area in the first place. Well, although I guess I don't know. He just walks from the fu- from the dead dude's house, right? So yeah, but then he ends up with Domino. Then he leaves there. It's kind of unclear how yeah. much distance he's making up with the the walking well it doesn't really seem like he has a lot of places to go and this would be one of them yeah it's just it's strange to me that like he feels this need to continue this night after like he could have just still fucked the prostitute even though alice called right it's like that would have been granted well not great based on what we find out later about domino but like that would have been a hell of a lot easier than what he puts himself through true so he goes in just as Nick is Although wrapping I, up. I don't feel that strongly at this point that he j- is just like, I got to bang another chick. I mean, I feel like he's wavering, <laughs> you know? Possibly, at yeah. At this point. It seems strange that he would just go with a prostitute. Right, I well, know. I know, but I felt <laughs> like just the fact that she calls and then he's not going to follow through with it at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, clearly he hasn't fully committed, but... It is weird, though. It's like... You would think, I mean, I don't know, Dr. Bill, if you know what you look like, but it's like you don't need a prostitute. Yeah, but sometimes that's the easiest. There's no He strings. is short, though, <laughs> which is well, there's tough. A, there's no strings. It's like it's basically anonymous. It's yeah. quick. It's easy. So Nick is just wrapping up, and so he, you know, him and Bill are going to talk to each other, and he, he tells Bill about this 2 a.m. gig he's got to go to. And he's like, this place is crazy. He's like, the address always changes. He plays blindfolded. But one time the blindfold was loose. And he got a look. And he's like, he's never seen anything like this. Never such women. And, you know, they're wearing costumes and masks. (laughs) Well, if I was him, based on what we do see in the movie, I would, in like, my blindfold was loose. I feel like I I would be like, I'm not going back. I'd be like, this is fucking dark right it is weird (laughs) i mean (laughs) come on so nick gets a call while they're talking and writes down the password fidelio everything about this is super intriguing to bill and on the heels of alice's story he feels i guess this is he feels like this is just what he needs but it's late at night now we're talking i understand he's got 1 a.m or something and he needs a costume he's got this undying curiosity about this or whatever but i would just be like that is weird, and I'm intrigued, but I would never try to go. I mean, I would be like, I, I think I'm way out of my element here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I don't even want to like go to Gecko. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> the <laughs> fact that I'd have to try to like convince a costume store to open up and yeah. get a costume and drive out to some place and Which have I, a password and all this. I shit. I don't know how much time you want to spend on this costume guy and his oh, daughter's situation, but tons. it is a <laughs> that is a whole that could be a movie within itself. What the fuck is going on here? Well, I think that the arc of the Rainbow Fashions story is kind of like another interesting beat on the path of men dealing with female sexuality. 
So Bill takes a taxi over to Rainbow Fashions. Uh, he used to know the owner, but the owner moved. The new owner, Millage, agrees to open the store. I'm guessing it's probably around 1 or one thirty by this point. Uh, for $200 over the price, the rental price of the costume that Bill's going to pick. Yep. So Bill and Millich go into the store, and um, they come across like a secret rendezvous between Millich's daughter, who's a young Lily Sobieski, That's who's right. probably like thirteen or fourteen. She at looks this point, super young, yeah. And two fully adult Asian men, but like she's in like a broad sort panties, of, yeah. and they're like nearly nude, like in thongs, Wearing and they're bizarre like outfits, wigs, and makeup and shit. And Millich is furious and saying he's going to call the well, police yeah. and freaking out and saying, like, they have no decency and all this stuff. But he keeps, like, <laughs> I love that he's, like, screaming at them, but then turning to Bill and being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, like, right, you know, yeah. continuing to, like, do this deal. Being the salesman. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess is kind of like your Customer first. Customer service, yeah. It's kind of your first indication that, like, something is kind of off about everything. Just well, his, like, ability yeah, to go back and forth between dealing with Bill and dealing with this insane situation right. involving his own daughter. It's like, I don't know. It seemed very odd. I, it's very hard to tell and to even imagine what led to the sequence that we're in now. <laughs> what happens in between this and the end sequence where we revisit these characters well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we could spend a f- 40 minutes going over various theories. Right. It's possible that the only reason that Millage is pissed is because he didn't know about it, meaning, like, he wasn't getting a cut. Yeah, he's got to wet his beak. I mean, according to, like, Wikipedia, it's like whenever Bill returns the costume the next day, they're like, and now Millage has decided to sell his daughter into prostitution. And it's like, yes, you Spoiler. can... You can reach that conclusion but at the same time it's like well maybe she already was and right he's pissed yeah she was going into business for herself yeah like we don't know what the story is and then she whispers something into bill's ear which i had the subtitles on for and she's like she says something like you should pick the one with the ermine liner or something like it's something is that to the do mask with, no the the cape or the coat okay. or whatever the yeah. jacket or something she said it, it's so weird and i don't right. even know what I don't know. It's it's, it's weird because it's done in a way with her that she it feels like it's there's something significant about her, but there's kind of not really. I do think that you could interpret it that she is blossoming as a woman and is curious because, I mean, let's be real. She kind of already has like boobs and stuff. So she's yeah. kind of going through puberty. She's probably interested in sex. These two men are giving her attention Maybe she's curious and wants to explore her sexuality, but her father's reaction to that is she must be a, a whore then. Right. She's a prostitute. I think, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do think her character is an important, like, thematic, like, symbol, but it feels like her character plays into the plot in some way. I don't know. There's something no. that feels special I mean, I about her. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think she factors too much into the plot. Yeah. Uh, well, I also feel like there's kind of this weird mystery thing behind like once we get to the the mansion and these characters that we've met along the way and it feels like everything's kind of tied together so i i think i kind of watch it in this way that like people factor into things but there's a lot of characters who don't yeah because you don't know who the girl is that's helping him at the fucking thing obviously I, not lily sobieski but well later ziegler says it's mandy right i'm talking about as you're kind of like going through right. it yeah <laughs> yeah it's lily somehow <laughs> yeah she aged <laughs> herself that would be up. a lawsuit yeah yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just take it, it 
on the surface, it feels very much like the Chinese kid throwing the fireworks in Boogie Nights, just where it's just a crazy scene right. that's just memorable. But I do think that there is some sort of significance to the way that Millich is like handling his daughter's sexuality. And it's kind of like that ho- the dynamic of like the you know the Madonna whore oh yeah complex and it's like well she's interested in sex like a normal teenager so Millich's decision then is that she's a prostitute well I mean interested in sex like a normal teenager uh, uh, with yeah, but two what, yeah but what caused men? her to yeah. be like that well, to be in that situation I pops. mean obviously Millich is fucked up right <laughs> if he's w- if at any point. Before or after yeah, he's yeah. willing to make her a prostitute, then he's fucked up. Seriously. So. Okay, so it, I do like that it cuts from that crazy scene to Bill in the back of the taxi. His face is like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> and at that point, you would think Bill, I mean, he's ha- he's kind of walking this line of the after hours kind of dark society that's out there. Dealing with prostitute, kind of seeing what's going on in this shop, which is certainly eye-opening. You would think... At a certain point, you'd kind of have this like moral compass thing of just like, should I just go home to my family? <laughs> nope. Right. <laughs> yeah, because he continues to be haunted by visions of Alice with the serviceman, and uh, it, you know, basically, it's out of the city and into the woods for the next part of this. Oh film. yeah. Which I mean, this cab driver is pretty dedicated. It seems like they have to drive. It had it, within the context of the film, the geography yeah. of the film. This m- would have been a decent little cruise. So they arrive at this mansion uh, using the password he got from Nick. Bill enters the mansion in the woods. He walks in in what seems to be like mid-ceremony. Right. Uh, everybody's wearing cloaks and masks. There's chanting and haunting music going on. There's a red-cloaked yeah, guy in the center with a circle of cloaked women around him. It feels very ominous. But I will say, like, at the same time, it's like white people are embarrassing. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just like, can well, we just not... Could we just fuck prostitutes? Something I mean, can it could it just be fucking prostitutes, please? Yeah. Like, what is all this shit? Right. <laughs> Something that is. Yeah, I know. I love how like these rich people have to make things like way more complicated. It's like I just want to bust a nut. Well, always these these <laughs> ideas I mean? with like, like these. What is this? Whenever we, you get into this, and it's always like this rich people, these like sexual ritualistic orgy parties. It's it is like, when did these people all get together and start talking? You know, when did these Rich, these <laughs> depraved rich people all get together and are like, you want to know what would be fun? <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> actually like think it probably does start similarly to right. that. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. It's like, is this just a party of dudes and all of the women are prostitutes? Possible, yeah. Is this like a mixture? Maybe some of the women are in this society and, you know, I don't know. It, it, who knows? We don't know because everyone's wearing masks. It's kind of implied later that. If Bill knew the identities of these people, it would blow his mind. Right. Or yeah. I don't know how that's possible. Although it's like, would it? <laughs> I mean, this is cle- I mean, the time period is 99. It's supposed to be New York. Clearly, Donald Trump would be at this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no question as to like who is supposed to be at something like this. One of the things that's like I w- that does stand out about this movie, though, from like just the perspective of being a fan of like Kubrick movies is like all these characters that are just like so cold like not really like the main characters but like the random one-off characters that like these guys that work at the house you know what i mean like just like the interactions are just so like deadpan when the women in the circle disrobe like during that ceremony that bill walks in during it's weird to me that they're still wearing like thong 
g-string i would agree yeah it's like why aren't they fully nude during that part i don't know and i will say that like the woman that we later kind of semi-identify as mandy goes back and forth between wearing like underwear (laughs) like during various points like she you know there's oh yeah like at one point she's wearing them and then she's not wearing them because everyone's like fully nude at that point and then right later she's wearing them again it's just like is she just putting them on and off in different rooms uh, seems, yeah i don't know it seems like a little bit of a continuity error there that she just randomly doesn't have them on but i was right. wondering if maybe like even though the blu-ray that i have says it's unrated i'm wondering if like the g-strings maybe were digitally added at some point for some of these characters it's possible. i don't know now do you h- how do you take this movie at the end when Ziegler has the scene with uh, Dr. Bill. Right. Do you take everything that he says as truth? Or, because I'm always like, when did... Well, there's three options, really. I mean, I think we should probably wait till we okay. get to the end. All right. Well, because the only that's thing kind I, of a big... The only thing I want to re- re- relate to it now is like, I, it's always like, Mandy basically identifies him like pretty quick and is like, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is she acting on her own? Or did someone else? Well, is there another party involved? This is something that I I pointed out. Or I brought up. Basically, I had this right next in my notes. Okay. People recognize Bill? Question mark. How? Question mark. Right. Yeah. It is very strange, and it lends itself to the idea that maybe this isn't quite real. People recognize Bill, comma, all caps. How? Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, okay, it is true that he doesn't put his mask on until he's already inside the house. So it is possible that somebody saw him. Yeah. It's possible that people were watching cameras from the entranceway. Yeah. He does get into the SUV that drives him from the entranceway all the way up to the door of the house. Because he, he drove up in a, as Ziegler points out later in that ending scene, you know, right. he shows up in a cab. Everyone else showed up in a limo. So he was drawing attention to himself. But still... It's weird that the way I always interpreted was that if if it wasn't a charade, the whole thing with Mandy, like as Ziegler claims it is, right? Then you kind of interpret it that Mandy is like saving him because he saved her. Yes, that she recognizes him somehow as the guy that saved her Coming from out an of overdose. Like, yeah, a drug fueled coma. Basically, it doesn't quite makes sense if you interpret it that way but that's kind of on the surface how you like as you're watching it you're thinking okay this is mandy now i mean it, the weird I thing recognize is like, those tits anywhere how many nights <laughs> is this after is this only the next night after the ziegler party i think it's supposed to be a couple nights later, because it is like unbelievable recovery time for mandy post overdose i think it's supposed to be like a little bit later. okay yeah well what's she doing i i mean I, I feel like you need like a couple days you gotta <laughs> not if you just like you know get right back on it just yeah. snort something to pep you back up i mean that's her life i mean she's living it <laughs> yeah <laughs> until she, you know until, until she she's not yeah which is only shortly thereafter so, yeah, I mean, this woman warns Bill a couple of times. Uh, we get a montage of the orgy. This is, like, the part that the studio altered. I did like the the two chicks 69ing each other with masks on. Yeah, that's <laughs> a weird move, right? I'm just like, right. what is happening there? Yeah, kind of like with the masks, not a lot of oral sex right. happening at this orgy. Bill gets taken before the guy in red who's kind of like the leader. 
all of a sudden it's like all of the orgy participants are back in the main room to witness this their masks now somehow suddenly seem more sinister than they did before right it is which scary. is also yeah. very like dreamlike bill knows the first password but not the second so he's fucked um, he has to remove his mask. They want him to remove his clothes, too. But that's when the woman who had warned him before Stop. offers to redeem. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. So basically, it seems like this woman is sacrificing herself for him. Yeah. We don't know the extent of that. And then they let him leave. So Bill returns home. I mean, that woman is just like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell? I told you like five times you have to leave. You didn't. Now I got to give myself up. So when Bill gets back, uh, Alice wakes up. She's like laughing in bed asleep which is creepy oh yeah that is weird so he wakes her up and she starts to cry and tells him about this dream it's basically like a gangbang dream i know it's like Slash I, I should have not come home cuckolding well it's yeah like a right gang so it's almost like it's making things worse for bill adding on to the original fantasy that she told him about but again this thing that she's talking about is not reality she never fucked the serviceman and she didn't really get a gangbang, and she didn't do it in front of him, and she didn't laugh at him. I mean, this is a fantasy and a dream, and yet he cannot... Come to grips with it. Yeah, and it's like, despite how fucked up the night was, Bill is still kind of, like, more shook by what Alice is telling him. Oh, right, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? He's like, he doesn't really seem to grasp how, da how much danger he was in, and yet he's just like, this bitch's sexuality is right. fucking killing me. It's like, what is happening in my yeah. world? Afterwards, it's kind of things, everything kind of just spirals over these two days. And so the second day, it's kind of like Nick is gone. He finds out that, like, he checked out of his hotel in a hurry and he had a bruise on his face. Right. After uh, fucking in, uh, interrogating the hotel clerk. He returns the costume to Rainbow Fashions and he finds out that the mask is gone. Yet he doesn't understand how that's possible, but it's just gone. I do think it's funny that the mask was only $25. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. I don't know. When you, especially when you get a good look at the mask later. When well, he paid more for that fee that he agreed to for, you know, for uh, the owner's trouble, I think, than right. for the rest of the costume combined. Well, I mean, the rental is one thing, but, I mean, the actual mask, like, you know, it's not coming back. It's missing. You'd think that it'd be like $1,000 or something. It's right. like, oh, it's $25. Yes. Millish has now sold his daughter into prostitution. With the same guys. That yeah, were there it the seems like he basically like offers her Which I guess, to Bill. Yeah. So I guess at least... If you ever need anything with his hands on his daughter's shoulders. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, at least, you know, Bill never stoops to that well, God, in his that desperation. Well, that would be a really dark movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wrote down, like, why? What does this have to do with Alice and Bill? And I think we addressed that the first time around. It's almost like a logical extension of the way that Bill is thinking. Like, Bill maybe isn't quite putting that together, but, like, the way that Millich is handling his daughter's sexuality is kind of the same way that Bill is, because yeah. it's like Bill is visiting prostitutes instead of his wife, and it's like, he's visiting prostitutes to deal with, like, the fact that maybe his wife is a prostitute now in his head. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I mean, come on. It's kind of that way of thinking, and it's like, maybe instead of, like, my daughter is either disturbed, or maybe she was, maybe... Millich did something to fuck her up or whatever. Whatever the reason is that she was doing whatever she was doing, it's like, well, now she's just going to be a whore and I'm going to benefit from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's um, a businessman. So Bill goes back to the house in the woods. He's handed an envelope with his full name on it. Right. So now they Including fully doctor. know who he is. And it says, give up your inquiry <laughs> inquiries, which are completely useless, <laughs> right. and consider these words a second warning. We hope 
for your own good that this will be sufficient. And it's like, yeah, that reminds me of some notes I've been handed <laughs> <laughs> at the Luva store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never really clear on this. Why does Bill go back? What is he doing in this point? Back to the house? Yeah. When he well, what is he hoping to accomplish To get here? that mask? He's like, oh, I, I must have left I, the I mask I don't know. Is I don't he know. Gonna is he going to ask people questions at this house? That That is the weirdest move, that he would go right back to the actual source. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what... I think he's possibly his guilt in thinking about what is happening to... I mean, by this point, he hasn't seen that Mandy has died, but maybe he's thinking, like, what exactly happened? I don't know. Right, yeah. You know, it, it's very strange. So, still thinking about Alice's initial fantasy and now also her new, more recent gangbang dream. <laughs> Bill goes on another... <laughs> Alice just revealing all sorts of things. Yeah. Bill goes on another pussy hunt because after everything that's happened... Now he, he's a little bit more motivated. Yeah, I mean, a, like I said, after everything that's happened, he still hasn't got that nut. He hasn't fucking fucked anybody it's just like this has all been for not right no matter how crazy it's been i mean he's just on a quest to cheat on his wife I no guess matter that's what that's the thing it never quite feels like he's that committed to it but except now now i feel like well, he's yeah because now he yeah. calls marion the daughter of the uh his patient that had died and that there's no luck there because yeah fucking which got dharma how bad of how bad of a mistake would that have been <laughs> dharma and greg answers yeah you, i mean you, i mean she would have been ruining his life real quick real stage five clinger right then he goes to domino back to domino's apartment and she's not home uh somehow this is this just scene is so strange bizarre scene i know <laughs> number one it's unbelievable that he was just there the previous night it feels like so much oh, has i happened. agree you're right yeah that is like it's hard to watch this movie and be like oh yeah that was the last night that yeah. was the last night and now he's there again so domino's roommate sally this scene is like maybe one of the hottest scenes in the whole movie until it goes way south right i will say like what is sally's like some of the motivations in the way she's acting here well i think she's a prostitute too right but it's like she has a certain bit of information and right. once she's getting closer to reveal it, and she, she does, starts and it, acting differently, but she's it's unclear of, if she even knows whether or not Domino and Bill actually fucked. Well, because the way like she, she tells thinks Bill that they did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she has it. Right. Well, she. OK, so basically she tells Bill that Domino is HIV positive. Well, but in the midst of like him undressing her. Yeah, they're like they she and she seems into it. It's like it's like she's down to fuck like. Uh, this is getting it's like hot. It's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, I shouldn't do like, this. I, like, I should tell you this. There would be ramifications here if we and, like, consummated could, our relationship. I mean, he could say like, hey, you know, we didn't have sex. Yeah, which but, he like, doesn't. Right at that point, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? How sad would He's that like, be? You know, funny thing is, <laughs> it's like, well, that sucks for her. But well, yeah, and then <laughs> this chick's like, well, okay, that's I'm willing to believe you. Definitely a boner killer, though, right. either way. Certainly, yeah. So we don't ever see Domino again. She's just not there, and apparently she's HIV positive, which is weird that like she got those results well, like, that morning. Like, yeah, I, I, she's not here, and I don't know if she's ever coming back. <laughs> right. <laughs> now Bill is just kind of wandering through the streets, and he's being followed. The ominous music is like building. It's building. Oh, yeah, the music is like uh, that Kanye West song, Runaway. Right. Well, the first <laughs> time you like hear the, the, single the note, piano... Right. Uh, that's like back at the party. That's when that music first starts. Yep. And then you will hear it periodically. And then now it's like building because someone's following them out on More the streets. More notes being played. And it, it's really like a question of like what is reality versus paranoia? What is happening right now? 
So he grabs a newspaper, and this is kind of like fortuitous. And again, you're like, this is is this dream logic? Does this make sense? He just picks up a newspaper and he flips through it, and it, he finds an article that reveals Mandy is dead. My only question is though, would he connect the Amanda because it says Amanda Curran in the article? Because there's no picture, by the way. <laughs> right. It just says Amanda Curran, a former beauty pageant winner or something overdosed on drugs would he uh, connect that amanda from that article to the girl from ziegler's party and would he also then suspect that it was her at the orgy at this point because ziegler <laughs> I, I know it is insane it, I, he's I making never would so make many thing. leaps yeah. here right <laughs> this is where i'm like i, I kind of start to feel like this it can't really be reality i would be if it was me reading it I, it never would even cross my mind i'd be like that it's not the same person that girl's name New was York mandy City. right <laughs> <laughs> her name is mandy not Amanda. Yeah. Oh, Mandy. Yeah, it's like I uh, can't hardly wait. Right. Um. So then he, but I mean, I guess it's enough for him to at least be suspicious. What's up, Amanda? <laughs> and you do have to think, though. I guess like he is afraid of what happened at the orgy, so he is like going to the morgue now to confirm his fear. Oh, I it's know. Like, this oh, is, okay. This is really? Mandy, and she's dead. Yep. Oh, okay. I am right. So clearly not stopping with his inquiries. By the way. And it's at this point in the movie that you're like, holy shit, how many notes does Zach have left? <laughs> We're real close to the end. Right. So it's at this point in the movie that you kn- you really start to think, like, Jesus, Bill uses that doctor ID for a lot. I know. He pulls yeah. that fucking thing out so much during yeah, this yeah, movie. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm a doctor. I li- he's, like, asking where people live and stuff to, like, waitresses and diners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he like, does. where's Nick Nightingale staying? Yeah, he's he's like, like, I'm a doctor. It's okay. <laughs> It's what like, was like that? what you was that? Just those called? It was like Gillespie's like or Vista something. Print or something. <laughs> Vista Print. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Bill at Vista Print. So after he's done like molesting uh, Mandy's nude corpse, like it's fucking neon demon, uh, he yeah. gets summoned to see Ziegler, and uh, you know he thinks he's going for another, you know, a Mandy type what situation. What prostitute do I gotta pull out no, of I the fucking? I, I would think coma at this now. point he's so paranoid that he has to believe that mandy and ziegler are somehow connected to the thing he went to the previous night so i think he, his his suspicions have to be somewhat okay. the way he kind of goes into it he seems very much like what is it like what is it this time <laughs> <laughs> well this is where you know ziegler like basically confronts bill and is like what the fuck were you doing yeah like, like what let's were you cut thinking? the shit bill and you're so in he, way you know, out of your head he tells him like bill you're out of your element yeah, he tells him, like, these were serious people. He, I don't know, Ziegler tries to have it both ways, because he tries to present these as, like, these people that they were dealing with as, like, a serious threat, but... But then acts like this was all kind of nothing. It was like, all a show, and they yeah, weren't like, really going to do anything. You, Nobody like, got hurt, right. and Nick is fine. He's back in Seattle. But then, yeah, you're right, because he does make comments kind of like, okay, so he got a bruise on his cheek. He should have gotten a lot fucking worse, like, you know, right. like... Like, as if they would have done something worse. Well, yeah, because it's kind of... I always, I wasn't sure, like, if the connection was Ziegler went to one of these parties and saw Nick Nightingale and hired him for his Christmas party, or if Ziegler knew Nick Nightingale was this piano player and then recommended him for the orgies, and he confirms that he recommended him for the orgies, so then Ziegler feels like he's made to look like an asshole because his piano player told this outsider and this outsider showed up. Oh, right. But, you know, Ziegler claims that Nightingale is fine. He claims that Mandy was fine. Died of an overdose. Her, yeah, it was you said it yourself. She was, like, hang, like playing with death or whatever the hell he said to her. You'll be dead if you keep this up. 
so here's the thing though it's like because he I even goes say, out of his way to say oh you know she died of an overdose inside of her apartment it was locked from the inside the police are satisfied that's what ziegler says but then when you you know the end of the movie happens and you're like well how much you know what are these people capable of right yeah but you don't know because well, i don't really understand it's hard to draw clear conclusions from i know right okay i know <laughs> believe me i know yeah. i know what you're gonna say um <laughs> you had that one so we don't know if ziegler's telling the truth we don't know if they killed mandy if Mandy actually did sacrifice herself for Bill, which seems crazy. Because if she did, it's like she seemingly knowingly did it. So it's right, like, yeah. does that make sense? I know, Why it is weird. It seemed like she was prepared to, though. Which Unless, like, someone was putting her up to it, like, okay, you need to do this as part of the show. You know what I mean? That, that part of it is kind of weird. As if, like, Ziegler's like, let's do this thing to scare him or whatever. But then like, they kill her anyway? Right, I don't know. But... But that's the thing. It's like, but why? Why wouldn't they just kill Bill anyway? I don't know. Like, what What would that serve? Because who are they impressing other than themselves by killing a prostitute? Like, what, I don't what know. What is that proving? Yeah. Well, I guess anybody? it's easier to kill a prostitute than to kill a rich doctor. That's true. And it does still show that the members that somebody will get killed if true. people fuck around. Right. Yeah, that that's a valid point. And we don't really know the truth about Nick Nightingale. True. We get that bizarre Alan Cummings appearance where he True, yeah. is like the hotel goofball. <laughs> goofball. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a normal person. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the answers are unknowable. And I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's like you don't really know what the real story is with this secret society and uh, what they did or didn't do or what actually happened when Bill was there. Because it is possible that we just saw Mandy overdose a couple nights before. We know that it's possible that she was going to do it again. Certainly, yeah. It is valid. Right. So Bill goes back home finally after these two fucking crazy days. And Alice is asleep. And on his side of the bed, like on the pillow, is the mask that was missing. But I think it's interesting. And you're left with a lot of questions now. It's interesting the way that this scene is played out. Instead of us finding out about the mask the same time as Dr. Bill, we find out before he does. Because yeah, they show right. us her sleeping next to her it. Her sleeping next to it, and then he opens the door, which is not the bedroom door. It's just the door to the apartment. So yeah. he's still got to walk through the apartment. I think he even gets it a It is drink. revealed in a weird way, yeah. But the sight of this mask fucks with him enough. And we don't know how this mask got there. Some people speculate that the Secret Society did it to show what they're capable of right that they could get you know get to him at any time that kind of thing or some people have said that the mask must have slipped out of the bag at some point and she found and she it found it and, and it's like her way of confronting him like what she the knows fuck is going something on fucked up is happening so either way it causes him to like break down and tell her the whole story right I wonder if it, the whole story involved the original Mandy overdose or if that's still in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> Does he tell her the whole part about how he was about to bang a prostitute that was HIV positive? We don't really see the whole confession. I think, I, I think I, if he was going to mention that part, I think I would leave out the HIV positive right. part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the one part. Because, I, I mean, if you're Nicole Kidman, like, how do you ever get over that? <laughs> it's like you were this close. She's like, I'm going to fucking find that serviceman if it's the last thing I right. do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm determined. <laughs> so, yeah, the, like the, the movie kind of ends 
with them kind of like going over their marriage of like what are we gonna do? Yeah, they're like in the they're in what looks to be like that famous toy store in New York, but I think it's not. I will say this whole little last sequence, like after he explains everything to her and he's like they've been up through the night and he's kinda like crying and she's smoking and like then they like go to this thing where y- you can kinda tell that it's like this weird sort of wired feeling and they're like out in public but they feel very bizarre that part i do think is like particularly well done it just feel it feels like so like sobering or something like everything has changed and it's just like she seems to have the answer to all their problems which is like they need to fuck (laughs) and that's how the movie just ends yeah the wish is that feels kind of silly to me well i kind of agree with you that that scene is well done but i'm wondering though if the end of the film would have been I definitely would have been tempted had this had I been the filmmaker to be like, let's end it in the bedroom with the mask. Yeah, that would have been a is weird that end, like a more like unsettling ending. But like maybe, like, but but I'm wondering though if if the choice not to is is very intentional to be like, well, I don't, you know, like I don't want it to be right. Yeah, that kind of ending. Like the the ending is not meant to really be a mystery. Not any. I the guess way not that he anymore. does it, it's like yeah. I, the, I guess as like viewers, if we interpret the secret society and everything is real and everything and his experiences with it is real then the ending is telling us that he's seemingly out of the woods with that right at this time yeah unfortunately mandy stopped didn't with make his inquiries, it unfortunately yeah. domino as hiv and unfortunately lily sobieski was sold in is an underage prostitute but you know he's gonna be fine <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i mean there is just something to that whole feeling of just like I, I don't know. It resonates with me a little bit, like, n- certainly not the content of what happened in this movie, but just that whole idea of, like, them living in this relationship beforehand, and then, like, all of a sudden smash cut to the end, and, like, the way that they are, it's like everything has changed. I mean, it's not necessarily, it's not like it's over. They're staying in this relationship, but it's like, they've certainly gone through a point, and you can't go back to the way it was before. Right, and I mean, I, I, I mean, it's a little thing, and I mean, maybe I'm overanalyzing it a little bit, but I think it's, it is kind of interesting or important that she says fuck and not have sex or make love. Right. She's talking about a very like physical thing, not a love thing between two married people. She's talking about like a physical act that is kind of been at the center of this. You know, she fantasized yeah. about fucking this man, which then led him to go to an orgy where people were fucking and he wanted to fuck a prostitute. It wasn't like he wanted to make yeah, love that's to the a thing. prostitute. <laughs> She's like, we need to experience this thing that is bothering you together. Like, I need to show you maybe. Maybe we don't know their sexual history together. It's like maybe she needs to show him. Maybe it's been a little vanilla. Yeah. We need to share this together and that way it's not a secret between us. That kind of thing. Kind of like, like the horrors. these novels. Fifty Shades. The horrors of marriage really um yeah certainly <laughs> just like the emotional so i will say i love this movie nicole and tom didn't stay married that much longer after uh, we, we already talked about what happened with stanley kubrick didn't live really to see this movie released in the theaters all right so thank you for listening as always the show's twitter account at greatest pod we don't have a lot of followers but we appreciate the ones we do have oh yeah um hopefully we'll We'll try to get something a little bit more consistent going. Like I said, you know, it's summertime, so who knows when the episodes are coming. One of the main reasons I didn't want to... I still feel like we do a pretty good job of doing, like, almost, you know, like, four months.
Right. I mean, it might be a little less in yeah, some months. But I, the reason I didn't want to break this up into two was because I, I, we have a special movie we Big want to You're right. Yeah, we didn't want to ruin this. We didn't want this stepping on episode 100. So. Right. So this is all a massive thing. Right. All right. Well, for those of you that are stuck in I don't know if you remember this, but we, we met before. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Do you remember this? It was really embarrassing for me. Yes. It was? Yeah. Do you want me to tell I have not seen you since then. I have not. Right? That is correct. No. But this is a years ago, and I... Do you want me to tell my version of the yeah, story? Yeah, you tell your version. <laughs> I'm walking down the street in New York City. Yeah. My friend Rick calls me and says, Dude, what are you doing? I go, I'm just walking down the street. He goes, uh, I have Nicole Kidman with me. And she wants to meet you for uh, maybe it, to be in Bewitched or something like that. So I go, what? Uh, okay. She goes, I can be in your apartment in like 10 minutes. I go, you're going to bring Nicole Kidman over to my apartment? I'm like, okay, I don't know. What, what do I do? What do I have something? What do I do? He goes, I don't know. Just get some cheese and crackers or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, cheese and crackers? I don't even talk about that. I don't, I don't have dinner party. I don't have anyone over my house. I'm like, I have video yeah. games and sneakers. I mean, That's I really... I was, so I go and I go, I'm, there's a deli, and I go in the deli. I go, what, what do you mean cheese? He goes, get brie or something. I go, brie? I don't even know what that is. I'm like, uh. So I go in, this is like, I'm on Saturday Live, I guess, or something. I don't remember really when it was. But. I just remember I liked you, and he was like, not now. Um, <laughs> I'm married now. Um, but he was like, oh, well, you can meet. I mean, I just. <laughs> Wait, what? Not that way. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? So he says... <laughs> so Rick, our mutual friend, says, Oh, yeah. you know, Jimmy wants to meet you, and you can go over to his apartment, and da-da-da-da, and I'm single, and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. Did I date Nicole Kidman? Sure. Do we so go, I go over though, and you're there in a baseball cap and like nothing, just like. <laughs> yeah, I had brie cheese. Like, and you wouldn't talk. You didn't say anything. You were like, hey. Mm, mm, mm. Did hey, you? Mm, right? mm, I didn't like, say. Yes. I was very nervous. Mm, and say, I'm mm, like. Mm, mm. Okay. I didn't know this was so, a, uh, th this is a thing. I thought this was, was a like movie. It was like a hang. It was meant to just, I don't know. And then you put a video game on or something. And I'm like, this right, is just... so bad. <laughs> it was bad.
swear, and you didn't talk at all. And so after about an hour and a half, I thought, he has no interest. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> had no and I kind of left and went, okay, no chemistry. And then I was like, maybe he's gay. Nice! <laughs> 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 I'm out of here. Take care.